So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Howdy, hey, it's Randall K. coming to you live. It's magnificent Middle Tennessee. I'm trying to adjust the music volume there. And uh, music volume is important for this evening because that is the subject of tonight's broadcast is the music thereof. It's all about the music. Uh, the scripture admonishes us to speak to, another, to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And so that's the plan for tonight. Let me um, view this Periscope broadcast. I know we've only got like a month left of Periscope broadcasting, but hey, I uh, just want to see who's out there. Somebody's watching. want to make sure I can uh, monitor that broadcast as well as uh, the Facebook broadcast. I see somebody watching there as well. Uh, YouTube? Yep. Alright, y'all are starting to come in. And, wow, even on Twitch, there's a viewer. So, if y'all would, uh, please go ahead and, uh, just drop a hello in the chat so I know that, uh, you, you're more than just a number. Uh, go ahead and share your greetings so I can give you a shout out. Uh, I'll be watching there as frequently as I can. Anyway, uh, many of you know, many of you probably know, uh, that I started off in college as a music major. Yes, that was my first major, and I in, had intended to get my degree in music, but I ended up getting my degree in computer information systems. You know, pretty much the same, right? Uh, these days, there's quite some similarities in the world of digital media. Anyway, as I was thinking about what I could share tonight, you know, the scripture is is very important, uh, important to me, a passion of mine, but music is also a passion. And I thought, well, how can tonight I bring both music and the scriptures, uh, not knowing the original melodies that the psalms are sung to, uh, those have been lost to antiquity, I thought, well, maybe do something a little more uh, modern hymnity, or at least um, at least 20th century hymn. And uh, tonight we're going to be looking at one of my favorite uh, hymns, and there are many. Uh, I love those that are just rich in theological content. And uh, one of those uh, that is rich in theological content, I believe, or at least in scriptural content, is great is thy faithfulness. So we're going to be looking at that momentarily. Uh, hello, Jerry, out there on Facebook. Good to see you. Um, always a pleasure to have you participating, especially in Daily Disciples, in your reading thereof. Uh, I see a couple of you watching on YouTube. 
and on Twitch. Don't be shy. Say hello. Uh, if you're um, yeah, if you're new to this broadcast, uh, the normal your the normal host at least Fridays and Saturdays, and the occasional uh, irregularly scheduled program is my beautiful beloved bride, your sweet and lovable host, Stacey Lynn Harp. Uh, this was actually a creation of hers going back to 2005, somewhere around there, something like that. I was a latecomer in 2011, in the spring of 2011. I jumped on board and, and uh, you know, tried to take this broadcast to the next level in terms of its uh, audio and video quality. Of course, it was just audio quality back in the day, and we didn't start doing video until uh, Facebook. Facebook, come on. Our Periscope, Periscope came along in, what would it have been, uh, 2014, 2015, somewhere around there? I don't know. It was five or six years ago. So, yeah, maybe 2016, maybe 2015. Uh, anyway, so we started live streaming on video then, uh, which was... At the time, just setting up an iPad uh, in this broadcast room where we were doing a live audio show on Blog Talk Radio. And then uh, just put an uh, iPad in the room to stream the video of of the radio broadcast. Kind of like uh, uh, Rush Limbaugh and you know, Alex Jones have done. And I'm sure there are many others that uh, I think even Laura Ingram has done that with with a radio show and there's a, a video simulcast of that. Uh, but what we found is that the the video audience was much more interactive than the listening audience. Uh, listening audience, of course, the only way to respond was to call in. And uh, but even then, the the numbers on the downloads were far above the. Um, live listens and so we saw this interaction going on with the video audience and of course here we are um you know where the video is the primary thing and the audio platforms those are not live those are uh we ripped the audio and uploaded after the fact anyway all that was for free um but our our heart is to disciple people uh, the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 is not to make converts, but to make disciples. And what is a disciple? You know, a disciple is someone who is disciplined uh, in following the Lord, Yeshua, Messiah, uh, Jesus, the Christ, and who endeavors to follow him daily and in their lives. Um, in fact, Messiah, Jesus, uh, said that anyone who comes after him must prick up uh, their cross daily. Uh, that is to put aside their uh, personal ambitions uh, for for the sake of knowing him, growing in the knowledge and grace of him. Uh, so, yeah, we're here to encourage daily discipleship. Even though we're only broadcast on the weekends, we've got the Daily Disciples group on Facebook and and other things and God time together and uh, some other 
uh, one-to-one ministry going on the side uh, through the week that is all about um, making disciples. So, anyway, so on with tonight. That's a good enough intro. <laughs> Sporadic intro. You can tell that I'm not the the main host, the regular host. Usually just, just the engineer and sidekick, and I'm doing the engineering, and I'm my own sidekick tonight. So, as I mentioned, I, um, I, I'm a fan of music, all sorts of type, all, you know, genres and the like. I certainly love spiritual songs, those songs that remind me of the Lord, and, uh, those songs that are scriptural and solid in their theology, and modern day, one of those comes around every once in a while. Um, I mean, I like contemporary Christian music in a, in a broad sense, but so much of it these days is um, not very strong theologically or scripturally. More like uh, love songs. With the name of Jesus thrown in, which is it's fine to love the Lord. We should love the Lord with all our heart, heart, mind, soul, and strength. Um, but gathering together, singing to one another in psalm, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs uh, was so great an opportunity to in fellowship and to make disciples among each other. It seems to me that 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 precious opportunity of of fellowship and accountability and mutual encouragement, you know, encouraging, uh, you know, one another even more as we see the day, you know, the day of Christ approaching, that with that opportunity is a great responsibility to to make the most of it, and if our psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs can be rich in theological content and biblical encouragement all the better, I think. That's my not-so-humble opinion. Anyway, so in bringing to you tonight uh, some of the uh, rich hymnity of Christendom, at least in the English language, I decided to look tonight at the hymn um, great is thy faithfulness. So let's start off with just listening to the song, shall we? And I'm going to get this ready to see. There's my YouTube scene. All right, let's make sure that I've got some volume on there. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it probably should do. Um, let's listen to this great hymn of old and may be blessed. It's coming. Great is Thank you. 
Amen. Good stuff. All right. Before I switch things around here, let me make sure that I'm not missing any comments. Well, let's see. <laughs> oh, you're the star, Stacy Lynn says. They come for her, they stay for me. Um, you put Psalm 119 with her torn into Africa, does that count? Well, it is scriptural. Um, the tomb, well, yeah. Uh, and then talking about her health, asking us both, well, cool deal. All right, and there on the Periscope broadcast, it's quiet. I guess probably the Super Bowl's still going on, huh? You know, I'm ashamed to say that I don't know who made it uh, to the final game. That's probably un-American. Uh, I don't know about this uh, little ball game being played this afternoon and in this evening. But anyway, good good chance to get some, go some people and eat some pizza, I suppose. All right. So about this hymn. This wonderful hymn that we just heard. Let me go ahead and bring up my presentation here. What? I've got to log in again. All right. Good. Now it's cooperating. All right. Let's see if I can. Dead air, Randall. Dead air. Dead air. Say something so the radio audience still knows that this thing is going on. Yeah, it is. It's, it's still going on, just so you know. All right. About this hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Um, the words are by Thomas O. Chisholm. Or is it Chisholm, uh, who lived from 1866 to 1960? According to Chisholm, there were no special circumstances which caused this hymn's writing, Great is Thy Faithfulness, just his experience and Bible truth. Uh, the hymn first appeared in Songs of Salvation Service in 1923, compiled by William Runyon, uh, who wrote the music. It is the unofficial school hymn of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, Illinois, uh, with which Runyon was associated for a number of years. Uh, Runyon wrote the music specifically for these words. Uh, the, this particular poem held such an appeal that I prayed most earnestly that my tune might carry its message in a worthy way. 
and the subsequent history of its use indicates that God answered prayer. So, pretty cool. And the lyric writer, uh, the writer of the words, Thomas Chisholm, um, wrote more than 200 hymns in his lifetime, and the writer of the music, William Runyon, uh, he himself uh, wrote over a hundred hymns, uh, the words to the lyrics, and he wrote the music for at least seven different hymns. But uh, let's let's dig into this one a little more specifically. All right, where's my virtual clicker? There it is. Let's take a look at verse one. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Well, the first line, great is thy faithfulness, that's uh, verbatim from the King James Version out of uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 23. Verses 22 and 23 we read, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. There's that part. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So you see that the bulk of, um, at least a, maybe not the bulk, but a good portion of the song comes right out of Lamentations. And on a side note, Lamentations is interesting. Chapter 3, Lamentations is an acrostic much like Psalm 119, Lamentations, uh, there are 22 stanzas, and stanza each one for the uh, for a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And verses 23 through 24 fall in the, uh, well, they make up the Chet stanza, the letter Chet. And uh, verses 22 and 23 are the um are the first lines of that stanza and if um and i hadn't looked up the hebrew until this moment live here i'm going to guess that uh, a prominent word in in verses in that stanza is probably um I was thinking it might be chesed, uh, which is loving kindness. Um, but uh, no, it is not. Uh, it's not in there. So yeah, verse 22, first word is the mercies or uh, uh, chesedi. I guess, yeah, it is. Okay, I was right. That's, that is... A derivative word, chesed, chasadi. So, your mercy, or the mercies to me, um, the mercies of the Lord, uh, we're not, we, you know, we're not consumed because of mercy. His, his compassions, they fail not. And uh, uh, they are new every morning, chadesim. There's that cat in verse 24, my portion, chelki, 
Um, and so each one of those uh, verses there begins in Hebrew, begins with the Hebrew letter Chet, uh, because it is the Chet stanza there of Lamentation chapter 3. Anyway, all, all of that was for free, just so you know. Okay. Um, let's see what happened to my slides. There they are. All right. So Lamentations, uh, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, uh, much of the hymn coming from those verses. Next line, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Um, almost verbatim from James chapter 1, verse 17. Again, looking at the King James Version, because that was the popular version, uh, English version at the time this song was written uh, in the 1920s, and we have that old English there, you know, thy and thee. So, uh, no doubt, as Thomas Chisholm wrote, he was using the King James translation as his text for this. So there's no shadow of turning with the James chapter 1 verse 17. We read, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, and coming down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Uh, that is, that he is consistent. There's not even a, a shadow of turning. If you're out, uh, even if you're not out in the sunlight, if you're indoors with you know artificial light uh you can you know the shadow your shadow will change as you turn and um and so the way i take that is that there there's there's not even a shadow of turning um you know, especially in in daylight, you think about it like a sundial as the sun moves or as the earth moves in relation to the sun. You know, the shadow shifts both in direction and its length. Um, but, you know, those are the temporal days that we live in. But this earth that has been around for millennia uh, at a minimum and uh, days continue after day but even in that there's a sense of uh, temporalness temporality and you know shadow of turning we see the turning of the earth uh, through shadow but with god uh, there is no variableness he's the same yesterday today day and forever there there with him there is no variableness neither shadow of turning uh, there's nothing variable about him, nothing. Uh, he changes in no way. He is the same. One of those ways in which he remains the same in this hymn, verse 1. Um, where's my virtual clicker? There we go. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. Uh, Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, for I am the Lord, I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. And again, going back to Lamentations 3.22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. 
so it changes not. It's compassions, they fail not. There are many other verses we could look at in Scripture that deal with the unchanging nature of God, that he is not a man that he should lie, um, that he is from everlasting to everlasting, um, that his you know his days are never ending, etc. I mean, we could uh, we could spend the rest of the day looking at scriptures that testify to God's eternal nature, uh, that and that He is unchanging. Not only that He exists forever, but He's never going to change. Uh, sometimes you hear these foolish statements. Well, maybe not foolish, let's say ignorant, uninformed about the God of the Old Testament is this versus the God of the New Testament. And um, they don't see that it's the same God. He is the everlasting God, unchanging. Um, more than 70% of what the words of Jesus record in the New Testament are either direct quotations or you know allusions to Old Testament scripture, and and he was pretty um, clear about the unchanging nature of God and uh, the unchanging nature of himself. Uh, before Abraham was, I am, he said, and Philip said, "Show us the Father, and it'll be sufficient for us." Jesus answered. Have I been with you so long, Philip, and you have not known me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Um, the invisible God was made visible, uh, was manifested to us in the Son, in the person of Jesus Christ, when uh, the eternal uh, Word of God took on human flesh and, and dwelt among us um, to reveal himself in a more personal way. But there is no God of the Old Testament versus God of the New Testament. Uh, one God for all ages, um, and uh, who is, is not changing. His, his righteousness is unchanging. His justice is unchanging. His mercies are unchanging. His compassions, uh, they fail not as we read in Lamentations and sing in this hymn, um, God is, is, he is that he is, not that he was that he was, or he's changing, he changes not, his compassions, they fail not. All right, back to our hymn, and uh, sorry about the pop-up there. Trying to get my, um, all right, as thou has been, thou forever will be, um, sort of a restatement of the previous line, and again, so many scriptures we could look at, but I, I think Psalm 102 says things so well regarding the eternal nature of God. Of old thou laid of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment, 
As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. And we could look to other scriptures that underscore that fact that that the we can go from the first book of the Bible, Genesis, and how the heavens and the earth have changed from verse one uh, from uh, from an earth that was without form and void, tohuva bohu in the Hebrew. Um, whether it was something there before and it was destroyed, that's a whole nother uh, thing, you know, all the way to the the last book, the book of Revelation, where we see, uh, you know, the heaven and earth will pass away. Uh, they're just going to flee away from the, the face of God and there will be new heavens and new earth. You know, he's going to, like a garment, uh, as a vesture, he shall change them. Uh, but he remains the same, and uh, his years shall have no end. Just saying. All right. My virtual clicker here. Let's move on to the chorus. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And again, we go back to Lamentations chapter 3, for great is thy faithfulness, and morning by morning mercies are new every morning. Uh, That takes us through most of the... The chorus here, just from Lamentations chapter 3. Um, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, I, I like this. We read, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body, no question whether humans are a two-part being or a three-part being, uh, Paul prays that your whole spirit and soul and body will be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Isn't that good to know that the God who calls us to holiness, to be holy as he is holy, to ask us to pick up our cross daily, and follow Messiah, uh, he that is called, he who has called us, and calls us, continues to call us, he's faithful to do it. As Paul says uh, in Philippians, uh, I believe that, yeah, um, uh, it's him, it's God that works in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. He just doesn't put demands on us and does not give us the wherewithal to fulfill it. It's when we uh, surrender ourselves to Messiah, to Christ, the Holy Spirit takes residence in our life, and Christ and the Father take residence in our life. Yes, all three. Uh, we can go back to John chapter 14 and see that uh, that He, you know, we will make our home with him 
says, we will, we will come to him, Messiah says. And with the spiritual residence in our lives, we have the power to live out the things that he calls us to, the life of holiness that he calls us to. Um, not that we become automatons and, um, and you know, that we just, our personality evaporates and, and we become these, you know, mindless, um, again, you know, robots controlled by God. Uh, but uh, we have to, we have to by our own will, uh, put to death uh, the lusts of the flesh and our sinful, selfish desires and to yield ourselves to the will of God. Uh, but it's he that works in us both to will and to do. He gives us the ability uh, to carry out his will as we yield to him. So faithful is he that calls us who also will do it. And, and he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. If we look at Second Peter chapter 1, about adding to our faith, goodness to goodness, uh, knowledge to knowledge, uh, uh, what's, it's to your, yeah, faith at goodness to goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control to self-control, add perseverance to perseverance, uh, uh, brotherly kindness and brother kindness, uh, love. And, uh, so those things we put into practice in order to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but in that ch chapter, Peter tells us that God has given us precious gifts and promises and everything pertaining to life and godliness everything we need that we would uh, that we should never be unfruitful uh, in him and in our faith uh, because he's given us all that we need for that and of course there's that famous verse in Philippians where Paul says my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory um, and that's not a blanket promise, by the way, in the context he's talking, he's writing to the Philippian church, and he mentions that the other congregations, the other assemblies, that did not help him out in his ministry. Um, but the Philippian church, uh, that congregation, was the only one uh, that uh, partnered with him in ministry, that gave and gave uh, sacrificially and to them he says because of that my god shall supply all your need according to um his riches and glory that is the promise to them for their faithful giving uh, because they were giving to the work of the gospel uh, that the promise was to them that they would their needs would be met uh, in fact, they were giving sacrificially, yet uh, they had no lack uh, because God rewarded their faithfulness. It's not a blanket promise that if we're irresponsible with the resources that God gives us, that he's, we're still going to uh, have our needs met. 
I know if we're faithful, uh, he was faithful and little is faithful and much. Uh, Yeshua said that if we are, we are giving with the resources uh, that God has given us, that we put them to work towards his kingdom, that uh, he'll be sure that we have what we need. And what we need, of course, is not always what we want. Uh, I know in, in the Western world, most of us have <laughs> not only what we need, but so much of what we want. And uh, even the homeless among us in the Western world are are far richer than most people in the world. Yes, yes, most people. In terms of numbers um, around the world, yeah, so that's sobering. And especially to consider that to whom much is given, much is required. That, um, yeah, the Lord help me to be uh, generous with the resources that you provide. That, uh, Lord, I'm, uh, Lord may not be lacking in anything, especially in compassion. Uh, yes, may we, um, we experience God's faithfulness, uh, is to provide all that we need when we trust him, uh, with the resources that he's entrusted to us, haven't, has entrusted to us. Anyway. All right. My virtual clicker. You know what? I don't have another slide with for you. Uh, because I ran out of time making slides, we can continue to look at the the lyrics of the song, if you like. Um, but um, but since it is Super Bowl Sunday and all, uh, let's let's just consider the second verse: uh, summer and winter and springtime and harvest. Sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. And again, we could go from the first book of the Bible through the last and find these things where, where the stars and the sun and the moon were put into um, uh, the sky, not only uh, to give light, in the case of the warmth, the sun, warmth, you know, and heat and make life possible. But the moon and the stars and their courses above, there for, for times and for seasons. Uh, we read in the Psalms, the heavens declare the glory of God. Um, and the seasons, um, some people love the seasons, some people like living closer to the equator where the weather's mostly the same all the year. But summer, winter, springtime, and harvest in the hemispheres, uh, you know, north of what, 20, 22 degrees northern latitude, 20 degrees southern latitude, tropic of uh, Cancer and Capricorn, where, uh, you know, in the, and the, uh, those latitudes where there are seasons, some more severe than others, but, uh, 
the seasons are are good. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest or fall. Uh, those things are, those cycles are good uh, for the the growing of food. And, and they come, you know, year after year. Um, they join the, the seasons and the sun and the moon and stars. They all join, they join with all of nature. Whether we look at, uh, the literal birds and the bees, you know, and the flowers and, and just the huge ecosystem that goes on all of creation, uh, joins in manifold witness to God's great faithfulness. Mercy and love, you know, I was, um, I was kind of tormenting Stacy and Lynn a little bit about that the other day as I was just thinking out loud. Um, oh, halftime show, that was 13 minutes ago. All right, um, but, you know, when you consider, at least when I consider creation and going back uh, a few years uh, from this very chair, maybe not the same microphone, I was doing a study in Genesis, uh, doing uh, broadcasts in the book of Genesis, and looking at the first couple chapters of Genesis, especially the first chapter, and the creation of the heavens and the earth, uh, Hashemim v'haaretz, and, and doing some research on things, and looking at how uh, just the algae on the earth supplies... Well, it's the majority of the Earth's oxygen. I think it's the majority. It's been a while since I've uh, investigated, uh, you know, researched that. But um, I'm going to do a quick uh, search here. Let's search on algae percent oxygen. Yeah, what percentage of the world's, yeah, uh, about 75% of the world's atmospheric oxygen is produced by phytoplankton in the global oceans. Okay, so 75% uh, from the phy phytoplankton in the global oceans. Uh, so the, the other 25%, of course, would be coming from all other plants, um, you know, trees and bushes and vines and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, with if you just look at the ocean with the phyto, phytoplankton producing 75% of the world's atmospheric oxygen, you know, things that live in the ocean that have gills, uh, you know, they don't breathe water, they breathe oxygen, they filter it out of the water. Well, the water gets in, the oxygen gets into the water via surface area primarily and that's why the oceans are so vast and the life they support uh, because you need a lot of surface area for the oxygen saturation of the water and if you've ever had fish like have goldfish or something like that um, the, the the volume of the aquarium is not as important as the surface area uh, of the uh, of the aquarium or like a koi pond you know um, it's not that you have to have enough water to support the fish that are in it and that's 
that is important. I mean, you, they got to, you know, they got to have place to move around and, and they fish poop too. And you got to clean aquariums and stuff like that. But, um, you can have a lot of fish in a relatively shallow area so long as the surface area is large enough to give enough oxygen uh, to the fish in that water. And and anyway, no accident that the, the oceans cover most of the Earth's surface because that surface area has to, you know, that has to be available for oxygen for the life in the oceans. And, and it when interestingly, the phytoplankton in the ocean are producing 75% of the atmospheric oxygen. Where am I going with that? The whole reason I bring that up is that if, if you want to look at creation as starting off, you know, in the, in the evolutionary, um, hypothesis, it's not even a theory of evolution. It's a hypothesis to be, to be, uh, more accurate you know, that somehow there's a single-celled organism that got more complex. And, well, more complex what? what? Into an animal cell or a plant cell or some hybrid thereof? Uh, because if it's a plant, it's taking in carbon dioxide and producing oxygen. If it's an animal, it's taking in oxygen and producing carbon dioxide. And, and there is... With the the phytoplankton producing seventy five percent of the oxygen, that's a lot of oxygen. Okay, you need a lot of oxygen consumers uh, in the ocean uh, or on land at that point, or or the the plant life is going to die out pretty on pretty short order. And so, anyway, uh, you you look at just the physics and biology of the earth and i don't have enough faith to be an atheist that uh, that life started as some sort of protoplasm you know single cell and got more complex and whatever uh, just because the uh, the interrelationships of the ecosystem are so uh, intricate and altogether necessary at the same time that there wasn't a plant world at one time because it would have died out. It would have killed itself without, uh, without oxygen consumers uh, to consume the vast amount of oxygen being produced. And it certainly wasn't an, um, an animal world without plants uh, because, again, then there would be no oxygen for them. Uh, certainly not enough. Uh, could have life began in the oceans yeah, but it would have been, it would have been, there would have been, again, oxygen producers along with oxygen consumers in, in very short order, very short order, not like thousands of years or a few million years, because they wouldn't, they just wouldn't, like a matter of days at the most, they just wouldn't survive, uh, Plants wouldn't survive on their own without oxygen consumers. Uh, oxygen consumers, fish, mammals, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't last but hours without plants. Uh, and so, you know, that's exactly what we see in the book 
of Genesis, the, the account of creation, where where it's first the waters and the ground comes into being and and the first uh right after the ground is formed uh, uh god saw the seas you know uh well he called the seas the waters and and collected them and and um uh first the plants and then and and then um then wasn't the great lights on the fourth day and then the fish yeah the fish and the birds come by on the fifth day uh but the plants come on the the third day and and then sun and the moon and then the fish and the birds on the fifth day and um, you know, old earth, young earth, whatever. Um, I, the six days make sense to me, the six days of creation, just because of the nature of life, oxygen producers and consumers and, and temperatures and stuff like that. Just the, the ecosystem of the earth, I think um demands a, a quick order of the creation of life and as the song reminds us in the chorus uh or not in the chorus the second verse great is thy faithfulness summer and winter and springtime and harvest sun moon and stars and their in their courses above join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness mercy and love because they continue uh, to work. And these things weren't created um, just for a moment, but for, uh, you know, millennia at a minimum. And even though the earth is cursed uh, and it's not what it was uh, originally, uh, certainly not what it was before the flood, uh, still... Still, it provides, uh, the earth provides for itself. It's a self-contained ecosystem, and it's, uh, it's, it's a testimony. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's a witness to God's faithfulness and his mercy and his love. And the last verse uh, of the song, pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine with ten thousand beside. And uh, I don't have the scriptures prepared for you because I didn't start my prep early enough. But pardon for sin, of course, that is through Messiah, and a peace that endures that we have a peace with God because of that, and and His own presence is with us to cheer us to give us hope and to guide us and if you'll uh, be patient with me i'm going to go ahead and bring up some scripture that we'll we'll consider 
meditate on and uh, wrap up with. And that is John chapter 14. And in keeping with this episode, we'll look at the King, King James translation. All right. Jesus comforts the disciples. You know, is anyway says, let not your heart be troubled ye believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you unto myself that where i am ye may be also and whither i go ye know and the way ye know thomas saith unto him Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye would have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been with you so long, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He does the works. Believe in me, and I that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye seek, ye shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now his own presence to cheer and to guide. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give to you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. And that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and i will love him and will manifest myself to him judith saith unto him not iscariot lord how is it thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world Jesus answered said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring all things to remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, giveth I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said to you, I go away, and I come again unto you. 
If ye loved me, ye would rejoice, because I said I go unto the Father. For my Father is greater than I, and now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass, ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the Prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me. But the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. And he did indeed demonstrate uh, that he loved the Father, as the Father gave him commandment to, to lay his down, to lay down his life. He had the power to lay it down, he had power to take it up again. Uh, and those things he did, he laid it down, uh, died on the cross for our sins, and to prove that uh, the Father loved him and that he loved us, uh, he took his life up again, showing his head power over sin and death, and offers the same eternal life to those who would believe and receive. And with that, I will bid you good night. Remember, uh, great is his faithfulness. Um, all we have needed, his hand hath provided, uh, both now and for eternity. Great is the faithfulness of the Lord unto us. So, be bold, stand up, and go with God, because he loves you. 